Blog Talk Radio. Patty Hulster, and this is KWOD Radio, and we're on live. And it's Thursday already, can you believe it? I know I can. It's 27th. It's almost the end of the month. It's March. End of the March. I mean, that's crazy. Where's the year gone already? Before we know, it will be July. But until then, it's March 27th, and we're here with you. At least I am. And we have uh, we have a special guest today. We're gearing up, of course, uh, for some of you who know, gearing up toward Leprechaun. Leprechaun is uh, May 8th through the 11th. That's May. Yeah, yes, I know. That's over Mother's Day. But you know, Mom's got to have fun, too. And since I am one, I know. So I get out and have fun. See you guys all there. He's going to be at the Mesa Marriott. Right downtown Mesa. So we're talking to Vinny today. He is going to be in the dealer's room. I said, hey, you know what? Let's get all these dealers together and do some, you know, some PR out there. Get you guys on the radio. Talk about your products. And what you guys, you know, your membership can actually see in the dealer's room. I'm excited to help them out. Now, Vinny, Vinny, he is an author of Undead Heart, an ebook anthology. It's Undead Heart in the Presence of Gods. And I know I'm just going to crucify this particular word, but it's Christo. I think he'll probably tell me. Um, also named Chosen of God, available in ebooks and paperback. As well as works in that he appeared in anthology in an online, originally an East Coast native. He now makes his home in Phoenix with his wife and three attention grabbing felines. Oh, those cats, you know how they are. He's a librarian at the State Library of Arizona and active member of West Valley. Writer's Workshop. Hey ho, guys. You can catch him at his website, v a a l a s c i a dot com. That's v a a l a s c i a dot com. In addition to writing, Vincent enjoys music, comics, video games, and you know, who doesn't? <laughs> He has played the guitar for over 25 years. We got the, the picture of him, you know, jamming out. His guitar collection features several electrics, acoustic guitars, and his prize. You know, I'm not even going to touch that one. We'll talk about it. You'll see it later. Speaking of collections, his current and retro video game collection contains 15 systems and over 300 titles. Well, that's something to be proud of. So, without further ado, Vinny, you there? Yes, here I am. <laughs> well, you gave me all sorts of stuff to talk about. Oh, <laughs> well, that's good. <laughs> Obviously, we, we introduce you and uh, let everybody know that, hey, you're going to be at Leprechaun. Mm-hmm. And you're you're going to be in a dealer's room. Tell us what you're what they can find there for you. So 
I'm an author. I have three three works available uh, on Amazon. Uh, two works on uh, the uh, Nook store. And my latest work is Undead Heart. Um, it, it's a young adult book. Uh, it's full of heavy metal music, vampires, and werewolves. Uh, awesome. Selling and signing copies. Excuse me. Werewolves, my favorite. Yes, yes. Actually, the main the main character is a guitar player in a heavy metal band, Undead Heart, the name of the book, uh, who discovers that he is actually from a line of werewolves, um, uh-huh. and it turns out his developing relationship with a classmate who happens to be a vampire. Uh, so it's it's sort of Twilight turned on its end. Um, I often joked about it within the writers group as Twilight for dudes. So. <laughs> well, you know, you gotta so work will, it. You gotta work it. So, you yes. know, if you got tag at somebody else who's doing well, you might as well. That's why I say. <laughs> Although I'm, I found out that can actually hold you up in the Amazon approval process. They, they frown on that in the uh, Kindle ebook store. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I you, <laughs> you know, if it was their book, they would do that too. Yeah, yep. yeah. Yeah, it's the problem with with uh, with Kindle and of course with Amazon is that they have two standards. If it's if it's their book, mm-hmm. they're plugging. They'll they'll break all the rules. Yes. <laughs> if it's somebody yep. else, they're plugging. Then oh no, you can't do that. Mm-hmm. That's you know, that's, that's against the rules. That, you know, they're frowned upon, and well, I- and rules are two different things. So. Yeah, I think go for it. Well, I think <laughs> I think as Mel Brooks said in the History of the World, it's good to be king. Yes, it's just it's just it's just too short of life to you know follow the rules all the time. Not any fun. Mhm. Yep. So we're here. We're here breaking rules. You've got. Uh, oh yeah. You've got breaking a, rules. They're breaking rules. Hey, uh, you've got you've got a you're in a band. Um, not currently. Currently, I'm between between bands. But we were playing okay. in the West Valley for a while, um, and that's where yeah the, the picture of me was from one of our shows out here in the uh, the West Valley. Um, but I've been playing guitar um, for over 25 years. I started before I was in high school, uh, and it's probably what kept me out of trouble through most of high school. Um, playing, you know, playing and learning music, uh, you know, with the whole, the whole dream, you know, being the uh, the famous rock musician. Uh, I discovered early on that I, I lack the charisma to make people do what I want and the patience to put up with them when they don't. So, uh, me and bands have not always been that great, um, and so I always had my <laughs> writing, which I began writing about the same time as I started playing guitar. Uh, I started my first novel when I was 13, uh, just banging away on a on a uh, portable typewriter we had laying around the house. Oh uh, yeah. So. Well, you know uh, the 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 issue you have with bands is probably actually makes you exactly like every other bass player. <laughs> you know. Uh, it's just you guys are are laid back enough, but the thing is that that you're not. You know, you, you you're sitting back there doing your thing, and uh, you get the you get aggravated over there, and and you know that, that's yep. uh, that's part of being a musician. Yep, you just have to put up with. Yeah. Which, um, so it's nice when you're when you're writing. It's you know, your own head, unless you've got the multiple voices in your head fighting for control, that's, that's yeah. all you have to, uh, <laughs> to abide by. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where my problem is. I had too many, too many people in my head. <laughs> now fight for attention. Yeah. So they got the mm-hmm. they got their little moment in the sun, you know. I let them out once in yeah. a while. Keeps keeps me yeah. sane. Yeah. yeah, I say that about authors. Yeah. You know, we're the we're the it says we're the uh, most easy people to get along with, really, because we kill everybody we don't like 
off in our books. <laughs> so, oh yeah. <laughs> yep. Just knock them off. That's the, uh, the sh- you'll get angry. And uh, it's cheaper than therapy. Yes. It, yes. It, you know, it feels really good to write a good death scene for somebody you know in life that has wronged you. Um, and you try not to make it too close so nobody recognizes it and you get in trouble, but it, it's always a good feeling. Yeah. Well, of course, you're not going to tell them, oh, hey, I killed you in Chapter 12. Yeah. No, I don't know. <laughs> That's not a good wise thing to do, no. But, you know, it, it mm-hmm. makes you get, get your your feelings out on paper without getting in trouble by naming names. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, again, cheaper than therapy. So, yeah. I, I always say, you know, kill a few people in your book. <laughs> and, uh, you know, oh. get, get, oh. set, get set out. <laughs> yeah. You probably didn't think you were ever going to talk about this when you were on the phone with me. But, uh, no, I no. Talk, but now you're already listening to conversations. As, you know, as we're, we're here talking about your writing process, okay? And as part mm-hmm. of it. So tell us, how did you get... I know you've been writing for a long time. Uh, who was your favorite author that kind of inspired you? What really got me started writing was uh, I come across a collection of short stories that belonged to one of my cousins. And I just flipped to one and started reading it, and it turned out it was The Dunwich Horror by H.P. Lovecraft. And it just mm-hmm. blew me away. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was about the same time that they were re-releasing his work. Del Rey was releasing a whole series of his books, and I, I bought them all, and they're still sitting on my library shelf here in the house you know, everything um, that they put out uh, and then some that I could get. So I pretty much read all of his. Um, and it really is what set that spark in motion for, for trying to write and not trying to emulate him. And then from him, you know, it was natural progression, you know, through uh, Edgar Allan Poe and, and uh, Nathaniel Hawthorne um, right along. Yeah, uh, yeah. And so I've always so gravitated to... Monsters? Excuse me? <laughs> Are you gravitated to monsters? To to monsters, to horror. Uh, I do like science fiction. I've written some science fiction. Um, my next my next project is actually a steampunk uh, work, um, uh, yeah. but it's it's also closely tied to horror because it's actually a steampunk take on the Frankenstein saga. Awesome! Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um, that's something that's recently so, been worked on. Mm-hmm. Anything, anything so is always, open. Excuse me. Anything is open. You know, you gotta you know mix it up, find some new things, and oh, you know, yes. incorporate them, mix them up. Yeah, you know, it's it's mm-hmm. fun. Have fun with it. And so you've, yeah. you've gotten to gotten to Frankenstein. That's interesting. Um, yes, this uh, this one it's written and it's, it's being edited now, um, and I'm really happy with how it turned out. Um, it's a the the doctor in this case is female and the monster is male um, and it has some interesting twists uh, and turns within uh, the steampunk universe of uh, Boston in 1894. Wow. And so, you know, I would suspect that you did some research. Yes. Uh, so tell yes, us about so my, What was that? I said, go ahead, and I was asking about your research process. Yes. Um, I'm somewhat a student of the occult, so I have a whole library of books on everything from the tarot to vampires to demons to ghosts, um, and I'm well-read in that area. And so all of my my books, I try to incorporate as much um, facts as much um, of the the latest uh, thinking on the subjects that I can, and then also find a way to tie it into historic periods. Um, obviously, Undead Heart takes place in the present day, um, but I use the music of the times to really anchor it in, you know, in the present time, talking about the heavy metal bands that um, the, the characters in the in the book are listening to the songs that they're playing in the band 
uh, and that sort of thing. Um, other works I've done, my uh, second novel I released was uh, In the Presence of Gods, and that's actually a mythological story set in the present day, but on the island of Atlantis. Uh, so I did quite a bit of research uh, on the tales of Atlantis, uh, current theories of what happened to Atlantis, um, and what it would be like to be living in a world where the Greek gods still uh, communicated to, uh, to us mortals. Wow. Yeah. It's interesting that you would, uh, and again, this, these are kind of things that when, you, when you're doing research, have you ever found uh, some of your ideas when you were like reading some research or, or you know, reading something, and you say, well, wait a minute, what if, you know, what if, the, mm-hmm. now, like you said, what if the lanterns uh, were, you know, what if the Greek gods were still talking? <laughs> yes. Maybe they'll talk to mortals. And, um, and what would happen? I mean, mm-hmm. what if just a few people could hear them? Yep. Yeah. And a lot of my, my stories begin with that, begin with that twist on a thought, you know, what if this happened? And then I just, uh, I have a journal, I just jot them down and let them simmer for a bit, and then I see if I can weave a story around that, that one that one little twist. Definitely. And then work it, you know. Mm-hmm. Write down some things. Do you sit down yeah. and... and kind of, you know, write an outline, or do you just kind of like fly by the seat of your pants kind of thing? I am definitely a seat of the pants writer. Um, For one of my stories, I did try to write an outline, and I tried to follow it, um, but I find the way I write, I I rewrite better than I write. Um, So I just sit down, write it all out, sometimes not even in the order that it winds up in, and then I pour through it and, and organize it into a into a cognitive uh, story that that can be followed by human brains. Okay. So you may not be linear, but you more like uh, write different scenes and then pull pull together. Yes. And I I tend to work through a story scene by scene like that. Um, And it probably comes from, you know, I grew up on, you know, watching TV, so I'm very influenced by television and movies, uh, probably more so than, than books. I actually had to discover reading and literature as I grew up, but whereas, you know, mm-hmm. Sesame Street and the, the Magic Garden was, was right there in front of my face. So uh, I think it's safe to say that, yes, I've probably, you know, been more inspired by that. And I tend to see things visually in my head and then work to, mm-hmm. uh, to make the words match the uh, visual. Yeah, I, I think that some people have that, and I think that it's, it, yeah, I think you're right. It's probably because of the uh, television and movie influence. So mm-hmm. we we think we think in terms of scenes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, in ter- in terms of um, you know this happens and how do I get there and where do I go from there, uh, mm-hmm. more so than than following a a set story arc or. Uh, and outlying, you know, in that sense, um, which probably means I could never really write a good murder mystery or a whodunit because I would be probably so confused. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, you know, I think I've only, only, uh, let's see, how many mystery writers? I think I've only talked to maybe two. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, pure mystery. And uh, they yep. they have both pretty much obviously outline outline type of writers, and one of them said so they had to know who did it before they can figure out how they done it. Yes, in that <laughs> style, you almost yeah you almost have to work backwards uh, in yeah. that style. Um, and I I don't know if I have the discipline for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me neither. Neither I I I'm a fly-by scene person, but I'm more linear. I've tried to do scenes and then piece it together, but want to be a mess. Why well, well, I don't have mm-hmm. book five done because it's it's uh, I, I I jumped and started writing scenes for the near the end, and the, now I don't know what's in the middle. So <laughs> yeah, I've been there. I've been. <laughs> so how did I do that? Why did I do that? That's the question. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
You know, and, well, and I, I've had instances where, you know, characters change. They're, you know, names are the hardest for me because I always like to have uh-huh. a really good name that will stick and that usually doesn't come on the first try. Usually it's in mm-hmm. the editing process that I, I settle on a, a name for most of my characters other than usually there's a main character and the secondary character that is said at the beginning, but I'm usually changing names throughout. I've even changed sexes halfway through a book. It's like, you know, this character works <laughs> better be a as a female. So. <laughs> well, thank goodness for search and replies, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't imagine. Well, to he and she, now that, one, that wouldn't work because you, you'd have to ask her go in and actually physically fix those. Um, yes. <laughs> he and she, <laughs> the reference of, you know, a female or male. Oh. <laughs> Not just a matter no, of name. <laughs> it's it's tedious, but it I, I've had to do it. I've also at one time I've had to change uh, perspectives uh, several times for a book. I was in a writers group, and I had shared a, a novel I'd written with them, and they had read it and gotten back to me saying, you know, this would really work better in first person. So I go and I rewrite it in first person, and then they you know they come back to me and go, well, you're going to hate us. It's like, what? It was better in third person. I'm like, oh, God. You know, fortunately, it wasn't that long, of, uh, but it was still um, about 200 pages, you know, of uh, science fiction well, uh, work yeah. that I wrote. <laughs> that, that's when you save ass. <laughs> yes, you, you, you save multiple versions and save them all. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. That That would be a bummer. But yeah, mm-hmm. if it's uh, if it's not a but you know if, if it's multiple books that you're working on, that would be a bad thing. But yes. I'm gonna give a little PR here, uh, just to let you guys know mm-hmm. that you can call in. I don't I don't need to have any all to myself. I know you're there. You're sitting in the dark. You don't have to do that. <laughs> just shine a little light and come on out and play with us. So 714-242-5145. Also, I want to let everybody know, hey, you know, this is this is being supported. Our radio show is being supported by a couple of great groups, and one of them, of course, is Imperial Outpost, located out in Glendale on on uh, Thunderbird Road. You can go talk to the guys out there. they got awesome space out there for you guys to play games. So going out and see Darren, he's the, he's the man. So he's our latest sponsor, and we're so proud to have him. So without cool. any further ado, we're going to talk about, apparently, <laughs> there's a Wikipedia entry for a Vince of your last name. Is this a relation? Yeah, that's my grandfather. He was a uh, comic book artist during the Golden Age, uh, he worked on Captain America uh, prior to to uh, Jack Kirby taking it over um, wow. when he when uh, Marvel was still called Timely uh, back then. And he also worked for Avon Comics. I've got some of those. Um, and then lastly, he uh, finished up his career working for Charlton Press, which was right in uh, Derby, Connecticut, uh, not too far from where uh, I grew up in Bridgeport, Connecticut. That's one reason why you must love comic books. So, so, so yes, I've I've grown up with comic books. My grandfather was always bringing comic books over to us. Uh, I would, you know, go over and visit him, and he had a, a little, almost like a wardrobe closet that was just filled uh, of comics. Um, and he usually, wow. he would give he would usually give me like the 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 horror ones and the mystery ones, and my, my sister and um, other cousin, uh, female cousin, would get the romance ones, and then my brother and other cousins would get sometimes the uh, the war ones and the action ones. <laughs> so we all had our sets of, uh, of comics uh, he would give us from time to time. Huh. I'm sure some of your friends, I mean, these, these are some very old uh, comic books. I'm sure some of your friends probably salivate over those. So... <laughs> Yeah, some of them, you know, some some of the ones I've got from Avon Comics go back to uh, the early 50s, uh, keep them in a, a safe spot. Unfortunately, I don't have any Captain America, so every time I'm at a convention, I you know, I look around, um, but the prices of those um, 
those issues are just so expensive. Um, <laughs> I have to I have to write a lot more books before I can afford them. <laughs> yeah, and that's a shame, isn't it? Here, here you could have gotten yeah. them from Grandpa. Well, and the the story was my grandfather was so upset with himself because he had the whole the whole collection of them that he sold uh, oh, in the late yeah. 70s, just before the market oh. really took off for classic comic books. And um, to his last day, I know he uh, he could kick himself for for <laughs> doing that. He he would tell me that all the time. <laughs> yeah, I bet, I bet, because uh, yeah. That's about the time when everything started going crazy. So, mm-hmm. what would your what would, your grandpa still around? No, unfortunately, he passed uh, in 1998. Um, I wonder what he would so, have thought about all these comic cons, huh? Oh, I think he would have enjoyed them. Um, he liked getting out and, and being around people. I think he probably would have been surprised um, at the. Uh, at the way it's so grown and at the uh, the level of success, um, you know, he used to work for Stan Lee. So there's, there's, I think he'd be surprised to see Stan Lee's face popping up in so many movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That little snake gets himself in everyone. <laughs> yeah. So, and I had a uh, couple years ago. A couple of years ago, when Stanley was in uh, at Comic Con in Phoenix, um, I brought something of my grandfather's. For, uh, the only thing I have is a mock-up that my grandfather did of, uh, for a cover uh, with Red Skull and Captain Rarick on it, and I had Stanley sign it. And he actually he remembered my grandfather. Um, he asked me how he was doing, and I had to tell him, you know, the the sad news he was no longer with us. Um, so it was it was a real nice, uh, warm kind of moment <laughs> meeting Stanley like that. Oh wow, that's that's neat. That's neat to have a, a little end there, and uh, mm-hmm. a little remembrance for everybody. Yep. And uh, why would we never? It's just that's such a great question because I have a lot of comic book lovers that listen to the show. So mm-hmm. uh, there you guys go, um, and you know maybe some of them uh, probably probably already know you, but. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but if you didn't, now you guys know something new. And that's mm-hmm. what it's all about. Yep. So, so your latest book, you have vampires in it. Do you, do you prefer vampires over werewolves or vice versa, or does it matter? I I really like vampires. I love reading, you know, I remember seeing, you know, on TV Salem's Lot as a kid, uh, and just being enthralled by it, and uh, I love reading. Uh, you know, I loved reading Anne Rice's. I loved reading uh, the original Dracula. I read that a couple times, um, and then several of the movies that were based on it. And so for me, vampires just are such an interesting character because uh, they could be almost anything. You know, from cunning and manipulative to psychotic oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> to you know, great lovers. I mean, you can you can do so much uh, with the vampire. In fact, what I'm writing now is actually a more adult uh, vampire story, but it involves um, a Secret Service agent and his protection, or the vampire he has to protect. Um, so uh, so it's, uh, like I said, it's, it's just such a wide open field for me. Uh, and I think the vampire represents uh, the idea of being a vampire is, is very appealing to people, you know, the idea of who wouldn't want to be immortal, but at the same time, you know, look what you have to give up. You know, you got to drink blood and, and sleep in a in a coffin of dirt, you know, and never see the sun again. Um, so it, it, it poses some interesting questions, I think, about life and existential questions about, you know, what does it mean to live um, that I like, uh-huh. I like messing go. around with. Good point. I mean, you know, what, what does that mean to live? What does it mean to be alive? Mm-hmm. I think that's one one yep. thing that that uh, we're kind of looking at with zombies now. You know, what what is yeah. really alive once once can be considered really dead? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and the you know, and then you know, movies 
movies like um, Zombieland, you know, which um, take the, uh, the the zombie idea to absurd lengths, you know, where it becomes a plague and the whole world is you know, wiped out or turned into zombies, and then, you know, what is left? Um, right. You know, same with, you know, the Walking Dead series. Uh, mm-hmm. It's almost... It's almost funny in a way how, you know, when I was growing up in the 80s, it was all about the nuclear winter. You know, we were all going to be annihilated by the Soviet uh, nation, and now it's almost gone to a, you know, a zombie apocalypse, you know, a biological apocalypse with all these uh, dead things running around. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I know. First there's mutants and now it's dead things. So, yeah, it makes you wonder what's next. What's next? Yep. Yeah, well, you know, how do you follow up the zombie apocalypse? <laughs> well, that's it, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, you know, obviously something good's got to come out of it eventually, but it just takes, you know, uh, I think in Wizards from uh, the original Ralph Bashki, he said, you know, it takes a long time for us to get through uh, through a major war and, and, and whatnot, and then uh, eventually things start growing again. There's yep. always somebody that wants to take it yep. back there, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so maybe we need a, a character like uh, Merlin to appear on the scene to represent the uh, the union of of nature and uh, and humanity. Right. Right. Exactly. So you know, there's you go forward, but then you go backwards. You know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. So it's okay. A big pendulum rather than a, uh, a shooting rocket. Ah, well, there you go. So, of course, obviously, this is what is attractive about writing. It's, uh, you know, the idea of mixing it up and, and well, what if. You know, what's, what's next yes. after? It was after dead things. <laughs> uh, so, would've, who would have known that zombies would be such a big thing, you know? Yeah, who would have, you know, figured that out <laughs> or even thought it. Well, we sure vampires. Yeah, hmm? true. I mean, they're dead, really, too. Yeah. Um, and that's what I really find so attractive with um, this movement to independent and self-publishing, is that you're seeing stories and characters that, you know, a traditional publisher probably would never have taken the chance on, but at least... Now you can actually read stuff like this, and I do a lot of ebook reading, uh, and a lot of it is independent um, and self-published stuff. Just because uh, I'm amazed when I find some of the stories uh, that just go off in such unique directions, uh, I find mm-hmm. it so uh, refreshing. Um, yeah, you're right. The the big guys don't want to take chances. So they often talk no. about the fact that they. They honestly don't know what's gonna what's gonna what's gonna take off and what doesn't. I mean, they really don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when they do find something that does, then they just everybody does it. Yeah, <laughs> then they they pound it into the ground. I know, I know. Just yeah. like, hey, we're already we're already over here, people. You know, what are you still dragging that down around for? Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we've already moved past that. You know. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, like, you know, problem, how many, but... <laughs> you know, how many quasi-military first-person shooters can I play on my Xbox? <laughs> oh, I know, but you know, I'm not a gamer, but, um, but yeah, that's it's like they're they're all starting to sound the same. Mm-hmm. You know, the storyline uh, of the games are starting to sound the same. Yep. Yeah. Annihilated by, you know, famine and war, da-da-da. The faction of such-and-such such, you know, came above the ground and made a new world, da-da-da. <laughs> mm-hmm. you, can almost, you can almost make a drinking game of it whenever you hear, you know, keywords like faction, annihilated. Yeah, uh, there you go. <laughs> secret society. <laughs> Underground world, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's... <laughs> Oh, so you, you think, okay, start with a start with certain words. Yeah, that would make a great game. We should do that at Le- Leprechaun. You have certain 
words that we got to fit into some kind of game description and mm-hmm. uh, make make something new. Go around in circles, yep. you know. <laughs> and and whoever wants that people vote on will be the winner. Make a new new yeah. game by the end of the weekend. <laughs> That'd be fun. So you're are you are you a gamer? Yes. You said you're a gamer. So right? yes. Um, you know, I, yeah. Yeah. Retro video game collection. Yeah, it's something I've been building since you know I got my first NES uh, when I was a kid. Um, and I remember, you know, playing the first Space Invaders I ever saw it was in a bowling alley in the late 70s. So I was a kid of the arcades, and then when the stuff started coming home, I couldn't believe it. Um, unfortunately, I didn't save as much stuff. So I'm, ha- I'm having to, to go back and buy stuff that I either couldn't afford as a, as a kid or, or my parents, you know, couldn't afford to get me or stuff that I had bought and, you know, given away or sold. Um, but I mean, I was able um, to ma- to put together a pretty uh, decent collection uh, of stuff. You know, that goes all the way from my wife actually kept her NES. So we do have those, you know, from an NES all the way up through to uh, uh, our latest one is uh, an Xbox 360. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, and uh, I remember I bought my uh, my son. He was um. I think six at a time. I bought him his first color Game Boy, you know, Game Boy Color. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was so surprised. And that was back when Pokemon was a big thing. So, you know, you got Pokemon Red, uh, game, yeah. you know, game card, and, and he has played that. He still had that when we moved from the house when he was 16. <laughs> I... You know, I just recently bought Pokemon X for my, my 3DS, um, and I never really played a Pokemon game, um, but there, I, I definitely see the the attraction. So I'm, you know, playing through uh, through this one on my 3DS. So uh, it's it's a unique formula for a game. Uh, I can see why they've been so popular. Yeah, and he it was into the cards and all that, so. And it's, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, and who would know that Pokemon's so big, you know? They're still playing it yep. in, in the game stores, you know, the Pokemon tournaments, yep. so. Yep. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the, the, you know, the, card, <laughs> the card battle games are still, you know, very popular. This, um, this Christmas, I, I taught my wife... Um, how to play Magic. So we've been playing Magic the Gathering together. Yeah. Uh, and there's still new booster packs and, and sets coming out for that. Um, so those are, are interesting games uh, on their own. Not to mention what's going on in, you know, with the mobile gaming. Mm-hmm. Well, you probably don't know this. I'm not sure if you got a chance to meet uh, John Shinnehetti last year at Leprechaun. He's the monster creator for Magic Gathering cards. That's he, he, he's one of the sides on the wow. artwork. So you missed him. Mm-hmm. He was, yeah, he's a yeah, awesome I... guy. Really nice. He drives motorcycles and, yeah, he's cool. real down-to-earth kind of guy. I know. He was a lot of fun. <laughs> and we that's had so a, neat when you, you know, you meet. Oh, yeah, when you meet people, this is, this, that's why I do conventions. How about you? Is that why you do conventions? Yes, I you know I love going to I used to go to you know the all the Star Wars, Star Trek uh, conventions um, back in the uh, the late eighties and nineties. You know when you know you would go to the creation was just getting started with theirs, and then there was the the few of the fan run ones. Um, so you could like see you know somebody like James Doohan or uh, or George Takei in a room of like eighty other Trekkies. You know, before they wow. got really big, you know, with the attendance at the convention. So it's it's been neat to see that, and it's it's such a, a neat community um, that's blossomed around um, the shows and the and the comics and the, the books and everything else that gets wrapped up in you know in what they call geek culture to uh, today. 
Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, that's a, that's a small room, eighty people. I mean, that's now they yeah. you know you have to stand in line like half a day just to get in at Comic Con. Yep. Mhm. That's crazy. But yeah, that's it's yeah. always fun to be. So, you have a picture uh, from Star Wars. Technically, it's from Star Wars, and you're wearing a Star Trek outfit. Yes, that was uh, last year at the uh, Phoenix Comic Con. They had the um, a cantina set up in the uh, in the de- the dealer's room there, and that was where they had the the picture. Um, where you could sit across from a life-size replica of Guido um, <laughs> firing off his blaster. And so that's where, yes, I said, oh, this will be fun. And I went with my, had my wife take the picture, and I'm, I'm there in my Star Trek uniform, you know, with my hands up, don't shoot, don't shoot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there, there was another couple of other people that were with me at the, well, we weren't together, but they were in the same area, and they saw me doing it, like, oh, that's a great idea, I got you a picture like that. So they had, like, a, a little line of people in Star Trek uniforms getting their picture taken, being <laughs> shot by Guido from uh, Star Wars. <laughs> the mixing worlds, that's awesome. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. So it's the fun thing about conventions is, you, never, you know, just going and having fun, and with photo ops, you know, opportunities, and, you know, uh, meeting not only stars, but you know, meeting authors. Who's uh, yes. who's who's one of your biggest or more or more favorite authors that you've met at one of these conventions? Um, I had the chance to meet Sherry Priest last year at um, Comic Con, um, and I also met uh, Renee uh, Lewin Hibber, um, and I really liked reading her uh, Magic Most Foul series. And I'm actually looking forward to meeting uh, Gail Granger at uh, Leprechaun, or, or, uh, yeah, Leprechaun uh, this year. Yeah, uh, she's. Uh, if you're into into steampunk, you're definitely. Have you read her yeah. books yet? Yeah, a lot of um, fun, aren't they? I've read the first one, uh, and I read Soulless, and I have the second one in my Kindle queue, uh, waiting for me as soon as I finish up. Uh, Dan Brown's Inferno. <laughs> I had a friend who actually just told me she didn't like Inferno. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not a big fan of it myself right now. I'm about halfway through it, and it's uh, it's almost gotten formulaic. You know, right. Langdon's in trouble again. They're shooting at him, and he's got to figure out why. Um, the last, His last one... Uh, Oh God! With all the Masonic symbols, I thought it was much better. And his first one, Angels and Demons, uh, was is still my favorite of of his books. Hmm. Yeah, and yeah, that's this is a circumstance where I think that yeah, sometimes you know, sticking with your own formula uh, is you need to you know get out of that. Uh, maybe yes. do something yeah, else when, and, and know, then go back to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, when things start getting, you know, too formulaic where you just you can you know, see the pattern. You know, we gotta you know, do this, do that. You know, it's almost like uh you know, the old video games where yes, you had the fire world, you had the ice world, you had the moon world. <laughs> <laughs> or they would say it'd be like Harlequin, you know. <laughs> yes. Yeah, the mm-hmm. formula for for the romance and everything got to happen. I mean, you know, at a certain point you get you know the first kiss, and uh, if you know if you're going to be that formula about it, what is the fun of the story? You know, where yeah. you have certain set mm-hmm. rules. You know, uh, they can't consummate until you know chapter eighteen or you know whatever. Uh, but mm-hmm. they can't go anywhere beyond this. You know, because it's that's the rules of the particular genre. Wow. You know? Yep. That's just kind of... you got to uh, mix it up. Yeah. Siamese, the creative process. Mm-hmm. I can't live in yeah. that. <laughs> no. I mean, that's worse, that's worse than an outline, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I should. I might, I might certainly be a reporter for the Republican, you know, for the Arizona Republican, I'm going to be... 
if I have to write exactly what they want me to write, you know? That's mm-hmm. why I'm not a reporter. <laughs> yep. Yep. I tried uh, it once, but yeah, it's it's not easy to do when you're used to uh to being a creative writer. Yeah. Yeah, because that's not creativity to me. That's mm-hmm. you know my, I might as well be you know, again being technical writer, uh which to me is about the driest thing you could possibly do. Yes. <laughs> I, I do a lot of that at my job, uh writing oh, manuals I'm and sorry. and instructions. <laughs> so Yeah. So, and yeah, it is it is yeah. very dry. Yeah, you know, you can do it. If you do it and you're making money, then that's cool. <laughs> hey. Yep. You know. Then you do the creative stuff on your own. Yes. You know, yeah. and then hopefully, you know, hopefully at one point, you know, you'll you'll cross over and you'll be doing the creative stuff full time, but then about that same time, you realize you've made a job of it and it no longer appeals to you. Yeah. That's true. And So what are you working on right now? So, well, the what I'm like I said the steampunk thing is is being worked on uh we're editing it now um and i'm actually writing uh it was actually a short story that appeared in uh the anthology um oh god i can't remember the name now it was michael bradley's anthology uh um, uh yeah twisted history yep um it was a short story that appeared in that that I took the characters and uh, brought them into a, a full-size novel um, that I'm about two-thirds, uh, yeah, almost two-thirds of the way through with right now. It's it's going really well. It's, it's a darker, grittier um, take uh, on vampire lore. Uh, and uh, like I said, my main character is a Secret Service agent who has to protect this vampire who is of uh, national interest to the United States so that he has to keep him hidden and at the same time keep him out of trouble too, which can be, uh, you know, you can almost imagine what it's like trying to be a Secret Service agent for uh, for a vampire. <laughs> wow. Yeah, there you go, something new. Mm-hmm. So mixing it up, that's exactly what I'm talking about. So yep. we're looking forward to seeing you at Leprechaun. And I'm uh looking forward yeah. to to being there as well. Yeah. We're gonna just uh, I'll, I'll obviously I'll get over to your table and say hi and take a look and see what your books are all about. Which of course now I know more. Be excited to see it. Mm-hmm. Oh. Well, I and I would price I will sort you you know, seek you out as well. <laughs> I'm going to be at, uh, we've got a new, the new book uh, um, space over there. So, mm-hmm. so we got uh, a bunch of different authors who attach me in one way or another. <laughs> okay. All the different yep. things I've mm-hmm. done. Um, the power so of the community. Be, well, that's what I'm all about, you know, to me. That's, mm-hmm. just, what I, that's why I do the show. Yep. You know, so I do the show. I mean, you know, I'm not getting you guys to pay me for the show because you know what? It's it's about you know getting it out there and uh, helping you guys out, getting you a little PR and letting you know that hey, you need media, otherwise, you know, it's not going to happen. <laughs> but the good thing no. about this show is that it's it's something that keeps on giving. And what mm-hmm. I mean by that is, as it goes into archive mode. Uh, and then I give, can give you the code if you can put it on your website or blog or, or you know, or don't do anything at all with it. Um, oh, no, it'll be and, it'll be featured prominently on my website. There you go. That's what I like to see because, uh, it's, again, that's, that's what should happen because you're taking advantage of a much broader reach for your show. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, why not? Yep. Mistakes. It's taken me over a year to get seventy-five thousand listeners. You guys, I might as well benefit from it. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, 
Yeah, get to there and Blog Talk Radio. I mean, they take care of us. You know, they get it into iTunes, and so you get a broader, broader reach that way. iTunes and everywhere mm-hmm. else they can possibly put it out, and then I don't have to do it. I'm all for letting somebody else do that and uh, yeah. get get more chances to be heard. So yeah, community, community well, is definitely what it's all about. Yes, um, <laughs> and that that's. Was such a you know big thing I learned being in the uh, the West Valley Riders group. You know, I've been with them since 2010, uh, and it was I had been in uh, other riding groups before that. You know when I lived up in uh, Connecticut, and so this was um, a really unique experience uh, of building community and being part of that, um, and letting giving myself the empowerment to to get these, you know, these books that have been sitting in my closet, you know, and polish them up and get them out uh, where people can buy them. And it just dovetailed so well into, you know, the, the current do-it-yourself uh, avenue that the, the technology and the Internet has opened up. Yes, definitely. And just so you know, I've, I've already put your website up on the chat area. So that way everybody can mm-hmm. click on there, be able to go right to your website. And okay. uh, also, everybody, just so you know, leprechaun.org slash lep40. Get your yep. memberships now. Mm-hmm. And keep yeah. an ear out, ear to the ground, because we will have uh, Friday and Saturday deals um, through Groupon. And uh, so if you just can make it one day, then that's definitely an awesome way to go. Save you guys some money and get your bodies out there. Yeah, and so yeah, you'll be seeing it's a great Africa experience. <laughs> mm-hmm. Got to build that, build up the leprechaun name again. So that's what we're doing. It's forty years. It's forty years. Yeah. Can you believe it? No, I was. You know, I, I saw the number. I'm like, is it real? <laughs> I was like, wow, that's. So you guys, you know, they they were right there at the beginning. You know, in yeah. the early days. Uh, we figured we figured that out. We were we were the first sci-fi fantasy uh, fan convention in the valley. Mm-hmm. So Tuscan beat us by about six months for for getting the oh, okay. all of Arizona. So, mm-hmm. but uh, six months uh, after Tuscan started, we uh, had our first leprechaun. Forty years ago. Wow. Wow. In March, which is why they call it Leprechaun. <laughs> but, ah, but now, okay. Yeah. But but then it was in March then. That now we do it in you know, wherever the uh, hotels dictate. Uh because <laughs> <laughs> you know, you try to do it as cheap as you can and uh, the hotels oh, yeah. say, Well you can't do it this week, you can't do it this month. You've got to do it here in this window. So, mm-hmm. uh, so we take the the window and you know when we can, of course. It's the only way we can really, yeah. within budget, and uh, and put on the show. So, we're happy to do it again this year, and uh, we've got lots of new stuff going on. Of course, we've been building some new creative things, and we're. we're Building on the last few years, and uh, we're happy to say that we're we've got even more stuff coming up. So we got more stuff up our sleeves. We haven't begun to get the stuff out. So <laughs> cool. I'm I'm glad to be glad to be a part of it, and you know I will do anything I can in my power to uh, to help out. Well, we're and, we're uh, excited to have you. You know, you're one of the reasons why we're where dealer's room is already full. Mm-hmm. And it's been full yep. for three weeks now, so it's you know to be uh, you know that much or that early and having a dealer's room sold out is pretty unheard of in in the leprechaun. Yeah, that's. So we're I was, happy. I was <laughs> impressed, and you know, it's it's a good it's a good healthy sign. Yeah. Yeah, it's better than saying scrambling trying to figure out how to fill it. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, even if if something happens and if you drop out, like like happened last year, um, that's okay. Because we we have a waiting list, yep. so <laughs> that's cool. a great place great place to be when you have a waiting list. Mm-hmm. So, so everybody knows if you want to get on that waiting list too, just let us know. We'll be happy to put you there. <laughs> but thanks so yeah. much for coming on. I can't, can't believe there's almost been an hour already. And here I just, you know, barely graze the surface with you. No. <laughs> I can, I can just I tell like there's talking, stuff, so. stuff in there. <laughs> yep. So we'll have yeah, to talk. Plenty we'll, more. We'll see each other. So, yeah, we could, we'll talk more and, you know, and, I'd love to do it again sometime. Uh, I, you know, it's an exciting time to be a writer. I think uh, there's just so much out there, and there's so many avenues to pursue. I just want to encourage anyone who's who's thinking about it. I'm so, I'm so proud of my my nephew. Uh, he's he's started writing his own novel too, uh, The Land of Monsters, uh, and he's just in grade school. So it's 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 an exciting time for for writers in general. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, on one hand, it, there's such a glut of stuff, but on the other hand, it's 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 cool that we have more avenues to sell, and we yep. you know mm-hmm. uh, we can mix it up and and you know however we want, and we'll find a market. You just have to work at it. Yes. Yeah. Really. It's have, really. It's yeah. that simple. There's there is no easy way to. To do that, you just have to get in there and 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 market it. Get out there and mm-hmm. see people like you're doing. Coming out to Leprechaun, yep. getting your table, putting your putting yourself yep. out there. That's that's how yep. that's what you got to do. Yeah, and you know, and um, I you know I like being out. I like uh, meeting people and 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 watching people in general. And so I'm so excited to be. Uh, to be at uh, Leprechaun this year, uh, I just I just know there's going to be a character or two coming out of it. <laughs> <laughs> awesome! <laughs> I'd like to hear about that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so with that, everyone that's wanting to know that this has been Vinny, and we've been so excited to have him uh, coming out to uh, Leprechaun, and you can meet him too. So come on out to Leprechaun, and uh, he'll be in a dealer's room. I'll have his books there. Come by and say, hi, hey, I saw you or heard you on KWOD Radio. And uh, he'll squeal. (laughs) (laughs) He's so excited that you heard him that he'll squeal. (laughs) 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 Yeah, you might doubt that, but you know... (laughs) Somebody says, hey, I know you. I, I heard you on such and such, and you, you'll be pretty excited about it, too. I know I've had that happen. Oh, uh, I, I look forward to that happening, actually. There we go. <laughs> so with that, I'm going to say goodnight. I'm going to ask you one more question, and this is a question I usually ask people, and especially ones that they have put you on the spot here. So here you go. Okay. Now that you have successfully slain the dragon, how will you celebrate? How will I celebrate? I would fill the dragon's head full of helium and then parade it down the central plaza of the village um, with my with my mates all holding the strings and keeping the head aloft. Then we have a huge feast. Huge uh, feast, yeah. Ice cream and cookies? Wow. Sure. Well, I'm we going to your party. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to your party. <laughs> okay. So the, the thing is about the question is it, it lets, in, lets all of us know more about your personality. Oh, so. uh-oh. <laughs> no, it's good. It's good. I mean, it's never a bad answer, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's, it's always a subjective answer. So, yeah, I like your answer. So, because I, I did a party thing too on mine. So, uh, mm-hmm. so it's something, it has something to do with bonfires, but I won't get into that now. 
No, that would melt the ice cream. Well, see? Yeah, I know. You hear you yeah. have ice cream and cookies. That's not something I would have considered. So uh, I, I have something to do with dancing. So uh, mm-hmm. I, wouldn't eat, I, I wouldn't eat ice cream after that. <laughs> that that'll work. That'll work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, so so awesome to meet you. I know we 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 have, uh, you know, I know I've seen you. So yes, I saw your picture. Mm-hmm. I know I know we've met somewhere. Who knows where? Yeah. I I don't know where. It's, I know we've met. If I remember, <laughs> I think you you once came to a meeting at the West Valley Writers Workshop. A couple of times, I I was there talking about media kits. Yeah, and, I, and then. And then I brought uh, Michael D'Ambrosio, who was talking about script writing. Yes. Mm-hmm. I remember that and one, he, too. He's actually coming out to Leprechaun this year. So okay. uh, I'm excited to have him. He's got uh, a new book out. Uh, so uh, we're mm-hmm. excited to have him back. And uh, who knows what he'll create, because he always comes up with some kind of story like you, Dale, you're talking about you can come up with some uh, a new character at these conventions. He usually walks away with a short story that you know he didn't consider before he came. So, <laughs> yep, get a bunch of creative people together and see what happens. And see what happens. <laughs> so it's been nice talking to you, and we'll we'll see you at Leprechaun. Yes, you will. Looking forward to it. <laughs> So with that, I'm going to say good night, Vinny. Okay, good night. That was Vinny, and his again, if you guys need to uh, take a look at his website, you just need to click down below the, the chat area there. He's got a website uh, reference, and also there's leprechaun.org slash love40. And uh, definitely take a look at our uh, proud sponsor of our show, Imperial Post. Yeah, go on out and talk to Darren. Now, what else we got coming up? Well, we've got a show to do on Sunday. And we're going to be talking about uh, some of the pop culture going around uh, our town here. And also... Don will be doing a space show, so we will be talking about pop culture in our community as well as our space show, and that will be on Sunday afternoon, Sunday from 1 to 3. So I'm setting that up right now. Uh, As soon as I get the writing description from Don, I'll put that up as that's a Sunday, and... Uh, my calendar up here to get my calendar obviously Leprechaun is going to be May 8th through 11th but before that we've got a bunch of cons going on so let me tell you about them or I can wait until Sunday and tell you all about them you know what I'm going to make you wait make you wait so coming out to Leprechaun of course and again We'll be offering uh, one-day Groupons. Uh, we've got room for Friday Groupon and also a Saturday Groupon. Uh, so keep an ear out for that on Facebook and every place else I am. And we'll be doing uh, uh, some other things. Yeah, I'll tell you what those are yet. Uh, but definitely look at uh, free comic book day because we'll be we'll be out. Uh, several places that we've been invited to and some places that we haven't been invited to but we're going to be there anyway. <laughs> uh, whether they like it or not, that will be there. And so it'll be fun to be out uh, several places and so it's going to be a crazy day. Uh, it's, you know, we come up with days always crazy anyway. But it's going to be even more so because we're going to be running around town. Great to have more than one person, you know. I say... We need to, like, uh, clone you, Patty. And I says, like, clone me. I know I'd rather actually have a little time travel thing. You know, have a little time travel thing like like on Harry Potter. You know, that can just give a couple twists 
go back in time, do more things, and uh, then move forward in time again. So do that a couple times, get more done. That sounds like fun to me. Yeah, I'd rather do that than have my atoms split. You know, it's not. Yeah, cloning me. Yeah. I, I'm not really uh, a big fan of cloning, so I'm definitely a big fan of time travel. So there you go. So with that, I'm going to see you on Sunday. And, of course, I also want to let everybody know who's probably going to squeal right now. Uh, our special guests, our guests of honor, our author guests of honor, Gail Carragher is going to be on the radio with us on the 8th of April. It's April 8th, same time, same bat channel. That's April 8th on Tuesday and 5.30. And that's uh, Pacific time, which is Arizona time. And uh, we will be talking to her about a lot of different things and lots of different subjects. She's got an awesome website with a lot of question and answers. Expect uh, some special questions to be asked at, uh, and you'll be able to read it in the this issue of the WAD newspaper at all your favorite locations um, in April. And... Uh, we're preparing, preparing for her coming to Arizona. We're excited to have her. First time she's ever been here, by the way. So we'll give her a big Arizona hug and all the cats that she can possibly possibly fit in her room. <laughs> Seeing Punk Society is really looking forward to talking to her and having her around. So uh, Parasol Protectorate is going to be here, and we're excited to have her. So with that, I'm going to say this is KWAD Radio. And this is Patty Holstrand signing out. <laughs>